0: 37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.
1: What's up, everybody? And again, welcome back to Pixelated Paranormal, episode 64. No more. (laughs) No plenty more 64 Yeah uh, Cruising
2: down the street in my sixth
1: Bringing back the summer jams That's what you get Mm -hmm. Yeah, speaking of summer jams This is the follow-up episode to uh, episode 63 Where we talked a little bit about all sorts of great stuff Like um, Possession and exorcism and cannibalism and a lot of other stuff. And it was a lot of fun. And we ended on, uh, the Vatican. We got a little bit into the Vatican and chatted a little bit about the grand grimoires. Uh-huh, yeah. And the lesser key of Solomon. And then uh, we jumped into Spoiler Town after that because those actually related to Heredity. Uh, her- yeah. I always call it Heredity. Heredity. Hereditary. Heredity. Hereditary. Hereditary. <laughs> <laughs> and Steve, you uh, you listened to that segment,
2: right? I have not. I was we were going to listen to it on our trip, but <laughs> no way. Yeah. Oh. There was
1: stuff in there for years. I know. I'm going to listen
2: to. it. See, when you're <laughs> driving from Colorado to Kansas, there is a lot of dead zones with Sprint. Like, so anytime oh, yeah. I couldn't get the, I couldn't get some. In the settings, I had it set to where you can't download podcasts on, on data. Had to be with Wi Fi. So it for some oh, reason you're not it, on that
1: unlimited plan. Yeah, huh?
2: nope. They won't let. It's good. It's a big drama. Get good scrub. Wait. Yeah, fuck Sprint. Don't go to. We do not endorse them.
0: <laughs> this episode brought to you by not Sprint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also for a word of advice, to any listeners out there, like don't listen to episode sixty three with your. Elderly parents in the car because my dad went on a thirty minute tangent about how I was like you're, you're one sick fuck you know that he's like he turns back because Jeffrey's in the back seat she's like he's like you're gonna wake up one night and you're gonna smell ketchup and then I hear this and he's gonna be sucking on your big toe fucking fucking pork no, toe eater goodness. and I'm just like, damn it dad he's like you're a sick bastard I', I always awesome. worried about your brother, but you God damn it <laughs> Preston just lost power of attorney and everything in his inheritance.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just,
0: <laughs> I'm like, when's your next surgery, dad?
1: <laughs> yeah, that
2: caused a lot of, uh, that article was everywhere, man. Like not article, oh, yeah, but dude. like it was crazy. So yeah, there's all these people like whether who's going to eat it, who's not going to eat it and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. It was that's, just, that's it was, interesting. It's funny to listen to everybody's reactions to that. That's All I awesome. said was so that I would just take it
0: with a side of
1: tomatillo sauce. That was
2: tomatillo. <laughs> mm. <laughs>
1: oh, that's too good, man. Well yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um so, yeah, we won't we won't chat about what was in Spoiler Town then because it does spoil some stuff in Hereditary, but Steve catch up on that. Okay, I will but, um, sure. Yeah. It's just it's just a follow-up episode to uh the last one, so we'll just jump right into it with an update as but a I do, of fact. I do actually. Hmm? We uh,
2: you asked me if I didn't have news, I didn't really have news per se but i did go to on um, a vacation and went to colorado I went to stanley hotel which is known for being mm. haunted whoop-de-whoop so but it ain't, we didn't pay for like the tour tour so it, yeah. uh and i mean from what i hear from people that went there like we were talking people in the lobby they said it's not really worth the tour but just yeah. going up to that place is pretty cool because it feels very fancy and like old-timey so you got to Bioshock. You, yeah. Yeah. You got to go check it out. And um, that's cool. But yeah. It was, it was, it was pretty cool. Colorado's a really beautiful state. Uh, every single town that we went to, we were like looking for things to do just if we wanted to stop and do something like all right. of them had ghosts type shit. It was pretty cool. Like, awesome. <laughs> cause it's all touristy, you know? And then they'll be like, Oh yeah. This shack was haunted, blah blah blah. <laughs> I could make money off of it. It's ridiculous.
1: Haunted shack. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: But so that was pretty cool. Yeah. But it was nice. Hell, yeah, man.
1: I'm glad you guys had a good trip. Yeah.
2: Nice to go somewhere where they're um the um, like known for being haunted. That was pretty cool. Like I'm I i do not think I've ever been to any place like that in a long time.
1: Hell yeah. Well the thing about Stanley, uh the Stanley Hotel is for the longest time. They were trying to get away from that stigma about being, you know, the hotel from The Shining and yeah. the haunted hotel. And they tried really hard, and they were like really just refusing everybody official as far as, like, ghost uh, inspections go. And a lot of people were getting shot down whenever they'd say, hey, we want to come do a live podcast from your," Nope. We want to come do an investigation. Nope. Yeah. And they are just really trying really hard. And then there's a huge backlash about that because that – whether they like it or not, that is a staple – in both, you know, film and mm-hmm. cinema, uh, you know, goers. And uh, that sounds fucking stupid. <laughs> what, was I even, what was I trying to say? But yeah, movie, no. movie lovers. Yeah, movie lovers. And film lovers and everything. Yeah,
2: just cinema, cinema. in general. It's, it's a yeah. staple in cinema, yeah. Cause there we go. Because for the time it was made, how and how beautiful shot shot it was and stuff like that. And not only that, but like Stephen King going to that room, spending the time yeah. in the room, only a night. Like I can't remember what they said. I think it was like a night. And then within like a month he had the book wrote like, that's crazy. Cause that room yeah. moved him so much. But yep. at the same time, like, um, I don't know. Like when I went there, I guess this was a while back What you were talking about, but like they fully embraced the Hollywood. <laughs> like I've, yeah. I'm more of a fan of dumb and dumber than the shining per se. Uh, that's so like right. going to the places in dumb and dumber that they went, that they went to, like, I don't need a tour to do that. So I was like, hell yeah, that's cool. The bar scene, like, it looked just <laughs> like the bar. It was crazy. So that was
1: pretty that's cool. That's cool, man. But. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. And, uh, you brought back a little artifact for me that was pretty awesome. Yeah. This
2: paranormal desk.
1: Uh, I'll, I'll let Preston borrow that when I'm done because you only brought one back. Right. That's cool, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you want me that, Brad? That badass, uh, was it Gold Key? Is that the name of the company that made that? I have anyway, no idea. Anyway, it's an old, uh, Old nineteen sixty eight comic book about UFOs and flying saucers, and it's fucking neat. And upon further uh, inspection, apparently every story in there is based off of actual true accounts that have happened. Wow, um, that's in right. these old towns back in the sixties. So it is from Gold Key, and it's called UFO Flying Saucer Giant Comic, and it cost a whopping twenty five cents back in the day to pick that up. Hell yeah! But yeah, it's it is badass. It's full of awesome, you know, pop. Pop drama shots and awesome old uh, comic book illustrations. Oh yeah, everything. that's fucking so.
2: cool, man. Yeah,
1: I've seen yeah, that. Presto, just, it's
2: not even what I said. I just seen that sitting on a on a shelf. Uh, it was in this game store, and like some random comics, and that one was sitting on top. I was like, oh man, this is fucking awesome. Like, how much is this? My buddy would love this, and he's like, oh, just take it. I'm like, for real? I'm like, oh, I thought it was her dad. Nuh-uh. they had no.
1: it. No, oh, well shit.
2: <laughs> I may no. have lied No, no, her her dad like her dad has some crazy fucking comic shit. Um, Okay, so
1: her dad did have that Spidey comic. Yeah, he's
2: got he's got the Spider Man comic, and he's got uh, like a big coin collection and stuff. It's really impressive, like really impressive.
1: Hey, hold on a second, guys, keep it running. But I just heard a really weird noise, like something slammed into the side of my house, and my dog's going nuts. I'll be right right back. Keep it rolling. Talk amongst yourselves. Cool. But yeah, the um, yeah,
2: suppressing her. Dad filled me in that he has the original Spider Man comic. Uh oh. It's hard to go on when you're trying to listen to what the fuck's going on in the background. Um, So, yeah, he's got like the original Spider Man comic.
1: There's nobody out there but a man with a bloody stump. (laughs) Shayla dropped her iPad. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) I'm going to have to go open the front door for my dog to prove nobody's there. Hang on. Okay, that's cool. That's
2: hilarious. But yeah, it was it was really cool. Fun. Um, are you muted, Preston? Nope, I can't hear you. How about now? Yeah, I can hear you now.
0: Okay, there we go. I told Sean I need to go ahead and go through the rest of my comics because uh, I got a fuck ton of Spider-Mans. Like I got the Peter Parker wedding. I got all the, uh, you know, Sinister Six <laughs> uh, and Shayla the fell sp- asleep. Spirit of Venom and things mm. like that. So oh, yeah. Shayla
1: fell asleep and her iPad fell off the bed and hit the
0: floor. <laughs> God, and the dog's
1: going I heard going this fucking weird
0: dance. screaming and it was the dog, Arr! I almost thought about going,
1: oh, God, run.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: hell, yeah. Well, that's cool, man. I thought it was a comic from her dad. Yeah. That's what I told old uh, – that's what I told Preston. So nonetheless, okay. man, I'll read it and you read it. And yeah. that might be a really good focus of a episode here in the future because I just finished reading Whitley Streber's Communion. Ouch. And uh, I got a follow-up book called The Communion Letters. And it's a bunch of letters people have written into him after the book, now um, about ten years later or so, about their experiences and you know having the courage to come forward, so to speak, after reading his book. So
3: hmm.
1: that'd be awesome. And I think uh, Preston, you said you were going to read that too, then, and then we'll mm-hmm. uh, yeah we'll we'll do a future episode here pretty quick about the communion and Whitley and all that stuff. Man, he's got a lot of uh, interesting lore behind him as well. So.
0: Well, I got a book. Uh, a, got a book that he mm-hmm. co-wrote with a girl who had an experience with her sister, but mm-hmm. it was. I got through like two chapters. And I'm like, "God, this book is just so fucking hard to get through." So I might try to suffer right. through it for the show.
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it was a
0: force field.
1: <laughs> Hell yeah! Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and do a follow up to a news story, Steve. If you want to start that off. Sweet. So that big mummy tomb that everybody was,
2: the mummy coffin sarcophagus we were yeah. going to call it it's such a big deal uh so after all the warnings don't open it they debated whether they're gonna open it and they finally opened it and everybody was so excited and all that was in there was like a bunch of bones for like what three bodies yeah three yeah. bodies and then just like a bunch of sewage and, <laughs> and shit like, like they have have they oh, have they shit. tested what what all the sewage is in there? Is it just shit nope like is it- it,
0: Yeah, because so I, ironically, this happened um, in China like eight years ago. Mm-hmm. They were uh, digging up uh, uh, the street, like one of the streets in uh, downtown like Beijing or whatever. And uh, they came across this like sarcophagus and they're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like this is a royal tomb. And they opened it up, and there was, like, this perfectly preserved mummy with a bunch of red liquid, and then within, like, a matter of days, like, it basically broke down. And so everybody on the internet was like, "Uh, they were so sophisticated back then, they had this red elixir of life that kept the, the bodies mummified perfectly. And then they actually tested it and it was raw fucking sewage. All right. No elixir of life, you morons. Raw fucking sewage. So Steve brings this amazing article, this story of Splendor to us. And I'm like, oh my god, it's like the it's the sarcophagus of Alexander the Great or like somebody fucking important, like maybe like an Anunnaki, and then it's just a coffin of shit and three, you know, Roman soldiers that hijacked it. <laughs> right.
1: That's so good. But here's what's crazy. Uh, You know, anything that happens like this, everybody freaks out and the nuts come running forward. Yeah. People actually want to drink the fucking water (laughs) inside of that sarcophagus. They're like
2: really – they're really serious about it and they're like – they're yeah. like uh, Armageddon, you know, end of the world type people, and they're like they worship Satan, and they're like, we want to, <laughs> we we want to drink this this elixir of lo- this elixir that will end our lives and put us put us with the days of the past or some shit <laughs> like this. Uh,
1: I mean, it'll gotta, definitely kill you. You gotta Ugh. listen.
2: You gotta listen <laughs> to what they say. It's hilarious. It's
0: like,
1: for real? Like, what the hell? I mean, you've got extremists no matter where you go on almost any subject, but come yeah.
0: on. If, if yeah. the smell was so fucking bad that they had to drop the coffin lid just to get out of there, what <laughs> the fuck makes you think that you're going to be able to drink it? Oh, man. This you're is just the- going to die when you get the glass up to your nose. You're going to be like, <laughs> and fall over dead. <laughs> well, <laughs> they'd probably make
1: it into some hipster cocktail with, like, <laughs> fucking kombucha and... Leaf, or rose water, or, uh, vodka,
2: wheatgrass.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, I'm drinking one of GT's special summer kombuchas right now. It is a coconut lemon, uh lemongrass lemonade, and it tastes like you're drinking Bath and Body Works. And goodbye. <laughs> it is not very good. <laughs> it tastes like soap. mm well, that's that's unfortunate, man. We were kind of hoping there would be at least a curse that came out of that thing or yes. a pharaoh. But no, it's just fucking Joe Dirt, part three. <laughs> 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 oh, what a bummer, mm. man. What a bummer. So uh, Presto,
0: you had an interesting little uh, week while we were off, right? Yeah. A little,
1: little ghost adventure.
0: So, I haven't checked our website, The, the Lost Came Paranormal, in a while because, you know, I've been busy with masonry, been busy with the podcast and just life in general. And so, this family had messaged us back in 2016 ish about uh, this house in Augusta that uh, they were having some activity in. And uh, they'd basically said that, uh, you know, they had heard music conversation and other things randomly throughout the house. They saw the uh what looked like a apparition of a little girl that ran through the house and was praying at some point in time. And uh so I, I reached back out to him and said, Hey, you know, sorry it took so fucking long to get back to you, but uh, you know, we're interested. Well, let's, you know, if you want us to come out, like uh we'll take a look at the house. And uh so they they had us uh come out last Friday and uh so my uh non-social brother um had a moment and so we are in the basement and the guy is trying to tell us about activity going on in the basement. My brother kind of cuts him off. He's like, "Uh hey man, uh can I uh can I talk to you for a second about your record collection?" Oh, no. the guys shit. and the guys like, "Uh okay." Well, I just want to say it's an it's an amazing record collection. It's really amazing, but your record player? Complete shit. Who the hell has an amazing record collection and has a crappy record player? And the guy's like, dude, what's wrong with my record player? It's a record. He's like, It's not a record player. It is crap. It doesn't even have a removable needle. And I'm actually like, dude, what what we're here for a fucking ghost investigation, not fucking Jason's happy hour on vinyl. <laughs> and uh, so we had to recover from that, and uh, so we are the, – the guy the, – the basement had what looked like maybe a prohibition room from back in the 20s where it was like a sealed lockable door, and uh, it was very old, like limestone encased. And and uh, somebody had wrote Lion's Den on uh, the the room because the, the front house, when you're going up the steps into the house – Um, The the front porch has two giant lion statues on either side, and uh, so we're in the lion's den, and uh, uh, we're doing some recordings, and uh, later on, I'm reviewing the recordings, and I hear this voice, this whisper that is like, "Ah, I I could take you home with me. It would be so great, and I'm like, oh, my God. What did that just say? And so we're on the car ride home, and I'm playing it back, (laughs) and it's like – you're, I could take you home with me. You're so great. And I'm, like, getting all excited. I'm, like, man, that's the creepiest fucking thing I've ever heard. And then I realized it was my brother talking to the kitty cat that had snuck in. <laughs> 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 so, I was, like, oh, this is cut. You should have cut that out, man. Yeah. It's, oh, my gosh. That's yeah. amazing. But uh, so while we're there at the house, um... The the basement had kind of an off smell to it, like nothing offensive or anything, but kind of, you know, kind of a musty you, kind of basement me smell. And so we're recording and I had Jeffrey with us so that she could work the video camera while we were doing other things. And she, in the middle of recording, had said, like, there is a flower smell. And we're like, what are you talking about? She's like, it smells like a old woman's perfume, like, you know, not. Chanel number five, but something somebody would have wore, like maybe back in the 20s, like very jasmine or very rosy, like it just a kind of a heavy floral smell. And uh, then we made our way upstairs to the main hallway. And it literally sounded like somebody was dragging something heavy behind us. And when we turned around, there was nobody there. And uh, my voice recorder and my ghost box cut out in the main room. And then when we were up in the loft in the same area, it cut out again. So something in the front of that house, whether it's installation or wiring, was causing all the electronic equipment to go dead, but in the same spot upstairs and downstairs. And uh, so we talked to the family, and uh, the wife had said, yeah. She's like, I, you know, every time I'm in the basement or any time that I'm in the, the hallway there, I smell like an old-timey perfume and, huh. uh, they said that, uh, you know, they've heard like whistling and music and all this weird crap going on. And so when we were, when I reviewed the recordings for the loft, we had asked, you know, Hey, can, uh, can you tell me, uh, you know, who's living here now with you? And it responded in a whisper, kind of like that EVP that Steve sent us, uh, uh-huh. It said the kids. And then I had asked, you know, Hey, can you tell me who's the little girl? And it simply responded. Yes. So it wasn't anything too spectacular. I mean, I didn't get anything great on EVPs. I got some whispery responses that you can make out. Uh, You know, we heard some unexplained noises and, uh, you know, smelled some flowers. And Jason was creepy with a cat and told the guy his record collection was shit. So, So,
2: hold on a minute. This (laughs) My friend at work, I was telling Sean this, my friend at work, she just... Said that she got her house investigated by a couple of dudes that had a that had a paranormal investigation team. But she says from the college.
1: But Preston and I were talking about this a little bit, and okay, so I went on a quick Google search and typed in WSU and also also um, Wichita State University paranormal. Nothing came up as far as a WSU course. What about Butler? Group? It could have been Butler. Uh, she's from she's from Butler County,
2: but. Oh, she said the same thing. Where does she
0: live? Kit uh, Augusta. What, what uh, street does she live on?
2: I don't know the street. I know the chick's name. I mean, we could say it, and Sean
1: can edit it out. You, te- you just text to Preston. Okay. He might know her.
2: Okay. Anyways, but I mean, we so we did. She said they did that, and she's then when they did their. I'll do it. I'll send it to you in, in Discord. Um, okay. So she said that they've been hearing children, and then. Uh, then they also smell old, old, old woman perfume. And the two guys that came there, did the EV, their little investigation, whatever they said, uh, she didn't tell them anything about the perfume, but then they mentioned it. They were like, well, we smell like, like old timey old lady perfume. And they were like, what? Like it fucking freaked them out. Cause uh-huh. they never told anybody that. So, but I'm taking that's not, that's not who it is. No, that is that that is actually okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the, the, what a fucking small ass world. Because she okay. cause, cause then I told her I was like, because she was telling me that just this past Monday when I got off work, and I was like, I was like, oh hey, um, I was like, we do this podcast and. We would love to do something like that. Like my like my friend, he, uh, the dude that's in the podcast, he has all this min- this equipment and shit. <laughs> and a little Lana, it's fucking isn't okay.
1: I missed it. That's, that's her.
2: Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah.
0: The actual house. So that's so, fucking funny. Okay. So I couldn't get it to come up on the recording, but so the 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 boyfriend or the husband, basically, I don't remember him saying her name. But when we were upstairs, I'm like, can you tell me the name of the lady? Can you tell me the name of the lady? So it came over on the ghost box and when we they they took the kids and everything they were over at the park mm-hmm. so we got done we went over to the park and I was like yeah you know the 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 SB7 um said a name and I said her name and like their eyes got really big and he's like well oh, that's that's you know that's my fiance's or that's my girlfriend's name and I'm like dude I don't even remember you telling me that and so they seemed a little bit freaked out about that but uh yeah yeah. That's crazy. That's
2: so crazy. because She was like tell me she's telling me this story in the office. And of course, like anytime you talk about anything paranormal, me and her are like pretty much the same like level of like interests, pull politics, yeah. beliefs, shit like that. And uh so she started talking about paranormal, I was like, Oh yeah, blah blah and as we just got into it and then like a couple staff walked in there like, that's all bullshit. You know, like <laughs> and I was like, Well, we're, we we're like, fuck well, that. Like she she had investigators out there, and it was fucking funny that it was you. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so when <laughs> when you see her this weekend at work, uh, let her know that I'm almost done with the files, and uh, I'll send them all my stuff. And uh, sweet, tell her thanks for uh, letting us come out. It was a good time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just totally, he
2: just totally smashed smashed her her significant other's record collection.
1: <laughs> it's just amazing. That's this this part of that story. Small is world. Preston here
0: in the fucking cat call that yeah. Jason was whispering. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> I, I could take you home with me. Damn, like, oh my god, the ghost wants to. Ta- oh no, it's in my fucking brother. A small fucking world.
1: <laughs> so good. That's so fucking good, man. Well, hey, I'm glad that uh, you had a good time. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> fucking Jason. Always. God love him. Bless his heart. Well, um, I think that's really it as far as news, so we can kind of just jump right into the rest of what's going on here because we talked about mm-hmm. doing uh, the Vatican Secrets, and the first thing we touched on was the Grimoire or How to Train Your Demons, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hardback edition. So uh, Steve, what the Grimoire was or is or are um, is a book basically with a, a list of different demons throughout the sectors of hell and how to uh,
0: summon them and train them yourself.
1: mm and it's yeah. like a pokemon Sounds game
0: the the i actually <laughs> forgot in our notes that i had wrote that the spell the 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 technical name for the spell for the grand grimoire was uh the rising of the morning black cock as was what it was called the black uh, hen right black hen yeah yeah you're being facetious
1: oh yeah Okay, so beyond the Grimoire, what else might be hiding in the bowels of the Casa de Pope's basement?
0: Oh, there's a lot. So I I thought I would, you know, for people who didn't know about the Vatican Archive or the Vatican Library. So really quick, it was founded in 1611. And so we call it the secret art. Ooh, we call it the secret archives. So that would (laughs) lend a lot of people to believe that, you know, the reason why they call it (coughs) secret is because they're hiding secret things in there. But in Latin, uh, the the translation for secret actually means personal. Right. So really, it, it should be translated as the Pope's personal archives or the Pope's personal library. And so, you know, we need to get a little lone gunman on this topic, okay? Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, uh, you know, there's evidence of aliens, but I, I want to stay away from aliens until it's your turn. But really, the Vatican is hiding from the public eye documents that may show that the church was complacent and uh, Mussolini's state sponsored terror, it possibly supported Hitler's anti Semitic programs. And who was Jesus, really? Did he like long walks on the beach? Was he a simple man, a farmer? Did he in fact knock back some sake with the sushi? I Is that don't a euphemism. Know. <laughs> we'll get to there. Just hold that thought. <laughs> okay. okay. So there's a, you know, there's a bunch of maybe they're hiding some secret documents in there, right? And it's about 13 miles worth of self, you know, shelf space. There's a lot you know, of crap in there that could easily get lost, misplaced, or, you know, misshelved, And uh, it houses some 1.5 million books, 150,000 precious manuscripts, some of the earliest copies of Virgil, one of the three earliest complete texts of the Codex Fanaticus. I don't even know what the hell that is, something to do with the Old Testament. (laughs) I'm not a scholar here. (laughs) <laughs> Papyrus skulls of the first and second letters to St. Peter, non-Christian text on stone tablets, Mayan stuff, correspondence between Henry Eighth and Anne Boleyn when he talks about rubbing up on her boobs, letters from Michelangelo saying, pay me, you bastards, and handwritten letters from personalities such as Mary, Queen of Scots, and Abraham Lincoln, and paper bowls excommunicating Martin Luther. Mm. So... You know, there's a lot of crap in there. But let's start out and focus on one of Rob's favorite thing, porn. Okay. (laughs) Is there, in fact, porn in the Vatican? And does the Vatican actually house one of the world's largest pornography collections? (sighs) Probably not. But there's a chance because it is a secret archive, so we'll never know. So you're saying there's a chance. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so let's let's move up for the facts here, okay? <laughs> the rumor dates back hundreds of years ago, and some say that the Vatican Museums have little things from Renaissance porns to a couple drawings of Michelang- Michelangelo's phallic fantasies, but that's about it, okay? The actual largest porn collection is from the Kinsley Institute of Sex Research in Bloomington, Indiana. And... To get into that, you have to be a researcher in the sex field. So, Rob, I'm sorry. They're not going to let you in anytime soon, buddy. So, just give up on going to see the world's largest porn collection.
2: Father Leonard Boyle, who's a So, chief wait, what librarian. what does it mean how what, what do you got to be um educated so in? S- like I'm confused.
0: Okay, so let's say, Steve, I am like a sex therapist and, you know, I help people through sexual frustrations and things like that. And I'm going to write a paper on why, like, I don't know, golden showers is bad for you to watch. And Mm. I go to that institute and say, listen, you know, I'm a sex psychologist. I'm researching golden showers. Let me in. They're going to be like, dude, guys got credentials, you know, golden shower away. (laughs) That's how that works. Indeed. Okay, I understand. Indeed. Okay. So, I don't even know where I was at. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh Father uh, Leonard Boyle, chief librarian, retired in 1998. Um, you know, he uh grew up uh around that area and uh when he first became a chief librarian, he started asking around about it cuz he had heard the rumors and uh he couldn't find anything to back it up, but he says it makes a nice story. So, I don't know. I mean, can we take the guy's <laughs> word for it? He's an official. <laughs> right. Okay. But I'm about to bring you guys the money shot. All right. Uh-oh. Are you ready? hmm Yeah. Make eye contact, Rob. Or <laughs> <and> Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh. In 1516, Renaissance master Raphael decorated the bathroom within the papal apartments with erotic frescoes. Today, the Wicked Gallery is called the Stufera della Bibiana, or the small heated bathroom of Cardinal Bibiana. And it basically has all these different scenes of, I don't know, like pagan gods. So there's like Pan-Aphrodite, there's some nymphs, there's, you know, some little cupids. Pan is about to, you know, uh rape Aphrodite, so he's popping out of the bushes with a giant man boner. And uh it was intense. So after, you know, a couple you know decades, the, the Vatican's like, dude, we can't have world leaders and all these people walking into the Vatican, you know, papal apartments and seeing Pan's giant heart on. Like that that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't speak well for us. So they're like, uh we gotta do something. So they hired a guy. He was trying to chisel off the dick, and he just made it worse because now there's a giant dick-shaped hole where the, <laughs> the, the boner used to be. So, wow. Yeah. Yep. So, wow. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there was a – I found a a visitor's experience. So a guy that actually went to go look at these a couple years ago, he uh, wrote in an article – That tight vaulted room, twice as high as it is eight foot wide, was covered with convorting naked deities. Raphael had designed his frescoed panels like a graphic novel, recounting the adventures of Venus, the goddess of love, and Cupid, the goddess of erotic desires. Cardinal Bibiana had to admire as he lounged in his hot tub for at knee level, the original silver faucet was crafted into the face of a leering satyr. One panel showed the naked goddess stepping dately onto her foam fringed shell, and others she admired herself in a mirror, lounged between Adonis' legs and swims in sensuals abandoned. A couple of frames even more risque had been destroyed. One recorded an early visitor showed Vulcan attempting to rape Minerva. Embarrassingly, I had to ask the Monsignor to stand aside so that I could get a proper view of the most notorious image of the Randy Goat God Pan leaping from the bushes with a monstrous erection. I was shocked to say that the image had been vandalized. Someone had etched out Pan's dick and filled the gap in with white paint. This, of course, made the object even more larger and more noticeable. Yeah, there you go. Wow. Porn in the... Porn in the Vatican. All right. That's Damn. De- that's, a yeah. house. That, that <laughs> that that's a real demon house. That's a real demon house. <clears throat> mm. So, you know, as I was looking up other Vatican secrets, they had talked about how that uh, possibly one thing that the Vatican's really hiding is proof that Jesus and Mary Magdalene might have had relations, they might have had children and that there might have been some type of record kept of who those children were. And by the time it's all said and done, there was a list of, you know, the great, 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 grand whatever of Jesus Christ, and uh, they needed to keep that family lineage secret. Other people say that uh, there was some stuff from Japan. And did you guys know that the actual tomb of Jesus Christ is, in fact, in Japan? The one he's supposed to be buried in? Yeah. He, or didn't, he supposedly did supposedly buried in, sorry. He he didn't supposedly die on the cross, my friends. He's buried in Japan. Hmm. At the tomb of Jesus, <laughs> also known as Krasuto no Haka, which is, just means tomb of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh <laughs> Wow. Yeah. In Shingo Village in Japan, which has a residence of 2,500 people. The tale goes that in Jesus's missing years, where, you know, the Bible doesn't account for what the hell Jesus did, it's like 12, 15 years time period, we don't know. Jesus decided, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to do this Jesus thing, I'm going to have to be a learned individual. I'm going to have to know all these different cultures, all these different things. I'm going to have to get up and walk and explore. Somehow he made it over to japan in the village of shingo and he learned the ninja ways how to be a bushinto master and after becoming wise and learned it like the buddha he said i got to go fucking spread the good word to the rest of the people across the world <laughs> so he went <laughs>
2: yeah, <it's laughs> yeah i was like is that a quote
0: <laughs> yeah. so he went he went back to jerusalem it was like, you guys gotta quit being dicks, okay? Like, you gotta find the way of the warrior, the way of the Bushinto. And they're like, Get the rid of this fucking guy. So <laughs> they're about to crucify him. And his little Again? brother Yeah, his little brother, his little little miniature Jesus called Ishikire, said, You know what? You have a lot to offer, buddy. I don't I don't wanna see you die up there, so I'm gonna take your place. So Jesus used his ninja skills, kind of faded back into the crowd. Like you know that that uh, that scene from the Simpsons where Homer Simpson goes back into the bushes from Ned Flanders. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So imagine that Jesus just whoop right back into the crowd. Little Ishikura is up on the cross dying. He dies and then you know after they crucify him when the 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 I don't know whatever the guy's name that stabbed the dude with the spear, not Jesus, but Ishikara. Jesus came back out of the crowd chopped off his his brother's ear. He was like, "I will remember you always." And then went back had to a Polaroid, fucking or like yeah. a necklace. He had it. To yeah, no, ear. he he took the ear, went back to and then he went over to his mom and was like, "I must go. I need a lock of hair to remember you always." So now he's got, you know, the Virgin Mary's lock of hair and he's got little Ishikara or, you know, mini Jesus's severed ear. And he goes back to Japan. He goes back to Shingo Village and, you know, he finds a wife, has three daughters, becomes a really famous rice farmer, teaches the the good Japanese people, you know, the way of the sword and uh, dies at the ripe old age of one hundred and four. And then, you know, customary, they left his, his naked body up on a hill for four years while the vultures picked it apart. They buried him in a tomb put his brother's severed ear in the ground, put the lock of hair in the ground, and now it's the world's largest tourist attraction where you can buy Tomb of Jesus mugs. <laughs> yeah. And to tie this all back together, because you're like, wait a minute, what? There was like reports of these scrolls that were written in Hebrew that talked about the last will and testament of Jesus that was found in Shindo village. And so when they were trying to gain notoriety... They're like, no, we really got, you know, Jesus's last will and testament. So the Japanese government came in, took the scrolls, and they've never been seen again. But how do we know it wasn't at the hands of the Vatican who said, you guys can't have this, so you got to go steal it and give it to us. And that's what's in the Vatican archives right now, the tales of Japanese Jesus. Wow.
2: That's crazy. Yeah. No, yeah, that's actually forward. really
1: good. You kept telling me, like, I'm not going to tell you about it. I just want you to
0: hear it. That's a pretty yeah. pretty decent story. Knocking back sake, eating sushi, samurai Jesus. Oh, yeah. God, you
1: know, you yelled. I tell you not to yell, and you still get excited and crack the mic.
0: Yeah. No, well, I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> hey, I under- you know, G- Japanese ninja Jesus is something to be excited
0: about. It is. If you're going to get excited about Jesus, get excited about ninja Jesus. Can we Ninja throw in jays-es. some Can we throw in some like, you know, Hoy-oh! sound effects and you know whatever? Well, you know?
1: I worry that your impersonation is already racist in its nature. <laughs> so if I throw in some chopsocky noises, I think it's just going to make it that much worse.
0: Yeah, well, and I, I did give I can. him
1: the disclaimer this time Preston about <laughs> accepting people.
0: And their religions or their lack of. So I I just want you listeners to have an authentic experience. I'm not trying to be racist. I'm not making fun of Japanese dialect. I just want you to be able to get into the moment. That is all. (laughs) It's all a part of the show, folks. Hustle.
1: (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Well, that's not all that's in the the, the Vatican there, buddy. uh Uh-oh, there's more. Because when I was doing a little research as well, the most common size of the uh, basement in the House of the Pope, they say it could run as far as like 52 miles long. Oh, my. Which is fucking huge. That I mean, that's from Wichita to like Winfield and back. Well, oh, sorry, yeah. Wichita to Winfield, one direction. That's uh, crazy. That's enormous. It, I mean, as old as the Vatican is, that could possibly be. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. if we just dig a mile a year, you're still way, 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 way out of schedule. So, but um, yeah, so I jumped in there and we'll get to the aliens here in a minute. Something else, however, I think was kind of cool too is if you guys wanted to go back in time to maybe see how they dug those tunnels, what would we use, Preston, to go back in time? A time machine. But not just any time machine. We'd have hey. to use... The Chronovisor, dun dun dun, (laughs) yeah, Chronovisor. Yeah, it's just a knockoff Terminator made by uh, (laughs) Asylum (laughs) Films. So apparently, a book was written back in like 2002 called "The Vatican's New Mystery" by Francois Brun, and apparently it had some testaments and interviews from a Father Pellegrino Maria Arnetti. And this Aranetti guy says that basically back when he used to work for uh, the Vatican, back when he was, you know, a a big to-do working alongside uh, scientists, he had a little work, a little project he did with Enrico Fermi. And if you don't recognize that name, you might recognize this one, Nikolai Tesla. Ooh. They were basically put in charge to make this device – and it would include a large wooden cabinet, cathode ray tubes, like a TV. It's like
2: the language of the wardrobe. <laughs> mixed, mixed, with the, mixed with the
1: TARDIS. <laughs> God. <laughs> it was a giant wooden cabinet with cathode ray tubes, like an old television set. Dozens of buttons. It had to have levers, because why wouldn't it back then? Of course. And... And, of course, switches. It had to have switches, too. So it's this wicked, badass, like, steampunk thing that's got tubes and and Jacob's ladder sticking out of it and electricity just sparking and arcing off of it. I'm sure a couple light bulbs in the side. And supposedly they use this thing as a viewing device, like a TV, to not go back in time, but just view time itself. You could never go forward, but you could go backward. And so they would strike up this thing, you know, turn to the channel they wanted to watch, and they could go back and view shit that happened in the past, including, Aaronetti claims, the actual crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Ishikuri. <laughs>
2: you know, that's that's crazy, saying, though, man.
1: It's not <laughs> specifically calling out Japanese Ninja Jesus or just old JC <laughs> the carpenter. But um, yeah. There's no reason to believe any of this stuff. It's a really awesome conspiracy, but I don't know. Why not? You know, you say why I say, why not? Check this out.
2: When I was in Colorado, we went to this, uh, in SS park, they have like all these like little shops and stuff. And then this one antique Uh store that sold like rings and just artifacts and coins and shit like that. Uh, and on the wall in the back, I actually took a picture. I don't remember if I sold it. I think I sent it to you guys. Mm-hmm. It's a Nikola Tesla uh, framed uh, portrait of him, a quote that he signed, and then actual original uh, auth- auth- authenticated whatever authenticated um, his design and his blueprints for wireless uh, energy transmission. It's pretty fucking crazy. Oh, for real? Yeah, and it's worth it, and they have it for sale for eighteen thousand dollars. Like Jeez. this place was there. That's very- what you brought back. That's <laughs> what you brought back Preston. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thanks, Steve. I
2: really feel the love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it's it's pretty nuts. Yeah, when you were saying that, like I don't know, man, like that'd be nuts. Okay. Like if somebody really did create a time machine, mm. and mm. you know, everybody just wrote them off like they were fucking idiots, you know? Yeah.
0: Mm. Hear well, that, shit, Corey? I mean, that was, I'm worth eighteen thousand, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Any, I mean Tesla and the whole history of his life was called a kook and a crank, you know, like everybody thought he was just a fuck up quack that had these crazy ideas. And a lot of the shit he claimed came true. (laughs) Whether he stole some of it from Alexander Graham Bell is another question. Was it, was it Graham Bell? Yeah. Uh, I mean, a a lot of people say that
2: they stole ideas from him because the quote, the quote that's on this picture, it says, I don't care that they stole my idea. I care that they don't have any of their own.
1: Oh, damn, Daniel. Yeah, that's a fucking throwing shade. That's fucking, that's as deep as David Bowie saying, I don't know where I'm going from here, but wherever it is, it won't be boring. <laughs> and you see what I did there, guys? I connected it because Bowie played Tesla. Oh, yeah. In the prestige. Yeah.
3: to your mother.
1: Well, we ought to do an episode sometime on Tesla. That, I thought you were going to say a episode on David Bowie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we, we did. We did. Did we do a Bowie? Yeah, when he was doing the booger sugar mm. and the uh, peppers and milk.
1: <laughs> yeah, when he ate nothing but red peppers and That's drank That's right, and, yeah.
0: And he conjured Satan in his swimming pool. Fuck yeah, that was a good one, man. Good one. Um, So,
1: outside of that, the time machine, it's rumored the Vatican also has like a giant treasury department or a giant bank underneath there. Green Have mm-hmm. you guys heard about the secret Vatican bank? Yeah, man. To by, me it's more like a vault. I'm picturing fucking green gots. Yeah, I was like, it's, the way it's ran God. by dwarves, bro. Like what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. what do you expect, son? Yeah. <laughs> so, according to a document from 1946 from the Treasury Department of the Vatican, and we're talking upstairs, not downstairs. Um They have held and smuggled Nazi gold for years and years and years all the way back to World War II despite supposedly being a neutral entity in the war because the church couldn't choose a side. You know, you had Americans who were Catholic and you had Germans and everybody else. But basically this document was brought to the surface in 1997 and that said the Vatican Bank held somewhere around $254 million dollars. Um, as of 2016, that's weird. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. I mis I misread my notes. The Vatican, in 1997, the notes said the Vatican held about two million francs, which is the equivalency of about 254 million dollars, uh, current day 2016. So that's a lot of fucking money. Yeah, and this money was being held for the Nazis. So according to the rumor, basically the money had been later funneled out through something called the Vatican Pipeline, and it was sent out to banks in Argentina and Spain, and a lot of it was then given to Nazis who had fled due to their fear of persecution prosecution from the war. And it goes on to say the Vatican Bank also apparently has funneled money that was stolen from the Serbs and the Jews by the Utace, or I don't know, that's a fucking... Nazi related word um a Nazi regime in Croatia at the end of the word <sighs> at the end of the war at the end of the war the Udyshe started plundering for victims and their est- if i could only read the Ustaše started plundering from victims and their ethnic cleansing routines and smuggled somewhere around 350 million Swiss francs which basically is about 440 million dollars out of Yugoslavity through Man, <laughs> Yugoslavia, <laughs> <laughs> Yugoslavia, through the Vatican, and the money was then used to support the murderous UDAshay organization while they were in exile. And here's something kind of bizarre: in the year 2000, a lawsuit was brought up against the Vatican over this supposed issue, but the suit ultimately failed. Hmm. hmm. Crazy,
2: crazy shit, son. I wonder, like, if you were to sneak in there, how much trouble you get
1: in. Probably Probably a fuck ton. Probably wouldn't make it out of there, honestly. Yeah, I mean, like Preston was saying on the last episode, the library itself is not necessarily off limits from the public,
0: but you have to walk in there and demand
1: exactly what it is you want to see. Right, Presto?
0: Right. So like I, I can't just go in there and like search around. Like I'd have to say like I'd like to see the letters from uh, Henry the Eighth to Anne Borlin and they're like, oh yeah, that ain't nothing. Here you go. But you still have to be a scholar. You still have to show like why you need those documents and what you're writing uh for. And uh they they started the process of digitizing uh the archives back in two thousand and fourteen and so some of the stuff that was supposedly like thought lost, like they've come across again. They, they found a, uh, a diary entry from one of the popes that was friends with Galileo that talked about how he was remorseful that he couldn't stick up for his friend better and had to watch him burn at the stake. Um, so I mean, th- th- it, it's kind of hit and miss on what they release and what they let you see, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Uh-huh, interesting, interesting, yeah. interesting. So can you just walk down there and say, I just want to look at porn?
1: And they just bring you, like, truckloads of...
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, they'd probably say, uh, like, you know, go to, like, uh, uPorn or whatever the other <laughs> websites are, and uh, here's our Wi-Fi, our Wi-Fi passcode, and I get the fuck out of here, pervert. <laughs> so you, just, you
1: go to this porn hub and just type in yeah. uh, Vatican under the search bar or what? Yeah. Oh, don't do that, folks, please. Don't do that. The Pope's um, Donut. <laughs> oh, especially if you're under the age of 18. God. Is that the title of this episode, The Pope's Donut? Oh, yes. <laughs> I like it. The Pope's Donut. <laughs> episode 64, Secrets of the Vatican or The Pope's Donut. <laughs> I like the idea of like doing just a random call-out as a title. But that is definitely my favorite murder stick and I don't want to just jock off of No, them. So a lot of people do that. Oh, I know, but I reference them a lot and don't want to be a jocko. So, okay, you guys wanted to talk aliens earlier, and Preston said not necessarily. They they did, might not have had aliens. But, but there's bro, aliens. I'm, not, I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's aliens. I'm not Um, saying it's
2: alien.
1: (laughs) A couple years ago, NASA launched a mission called the Kepler mission, right? Right. I believe Kepler's mission was to go out and look for um, other Earth-like planets, or at least that's what the Kepler mission had discovered. Supposedly, they discovered an Earth-like planet in the solar system, of course, light years away. But they were hypothesizing it had a lot of the same characteristics as Earth. With all these conditions being present, it could also mean that there could be life or intelligent beings on this newfound planet. So NASA called this planet Kepler-452b, and they have been thrilled at the chance of potentially finding an Earth-like planet. Now, enter the Vatican. In the Vatican Observatory, there is a branch of, I guess you'd call them scientists for lack of better, And these scientists have taken a keen liking to this planet as well, including the scientist named Reverend Jose Gabriel Funes. He's an astronomer who directs the observatory at the Vatican, and he says on his podium, he's open to the possibility of extraterrestrial life and has been for quite some time. And you might be thinking to yourself, you know, dinosaurs contradict the idea of creation or at least mm-hmm. the Bible, even though the Bible talks about dinosaurs. We'll talk about that some other day. The idea of aliens, doesn't that kind of contradict the idea of God and Jesus and everything else as well? I don't know. According to Eric Von Doniken, there's aliens in the Bible. Yeah, there is. Yeah, I actually I uh, have a wonderful book called Aliens, Angels, and Outer Space. And it actually gives an explanation of how to have your alien beliefs and your Jesus and eat them too. That's hmm. cannibalism. Um so Dr or I'm sorry Reverend Funes says he finds no contradiction between Catholic theology and the belief in aliens. He said that the past in the past humans shouldn't put limits on God's creative freedom. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. But he does draw an interesting idea here. The discovery of intelligent life does not mean there's another Jesus. The incarnation of the son of God is a unique event in the history of humanity and the universe so presto we may have had a japanese jesus but we probably Mm -hmm. don't have an alien
0: jesus (laughs) but you know what the vatican does have one of the world's largest observatories and telescopes Uh so that they can clearly see uranus
1: nice
0: (laughs) you just had to didn't
1: you <laughs> wah, wah. It's, it's just sitting there and it's got a sign that says please do not touch the glass and hmm. Preston just fucking punched right through it
2: I saw a funny Me- meme today it was like NASA or it was like dear NASA I was big enough for your mom why ain't I big enough for you heart Pluto <laughs> 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 <That's
3: funny. laughs>
1: that was good Well, this guy, Reverend Funes, he's gone on TV publicly back in the 90s like five times saying that they fully support the idea of there being aliens, you know, alien life on other planets. And they're fully open to the idea that there's probably either been human contact or there will be human contact in the very near future. Because if they're smart enough to survive in space and we've taken a notice to them – There's no reason why they shouldn't have taken notice to us or have already visited us. And the other cool thing I like to look at here, and I found it to be pretty um, astounding, my personal thought has always been, why can't we have evolution and um, religion? Why can't we have science and religion at the same time? And obviously the answer is pretty obvious, but you've got religious scientists And Mm -hmm. you've got scientists who go to work every day, you know, and they leave their religious beliefs at the door, so to speak. Why couldn't you have both? Well, Reverend Funis comes across and he says that, you know, we've seen these planets or, or evidence of planets through our observatory, through our telescopes. If we found aliens, why could we not then assume if they visited Earth, they would need to be saved? And that sounds a little cockamamie, depending on your belief, you know, your religion or whatever. But at least the church, the Catholic Church, is being open to the idea of alien life on other planets. And the way they kind of nestle that under their pillow and they're okay with it is, the Vatican and the Catholic Church still says that God created the universe, so He could have also created life outside of Earth. And so I think, you know, it's, it's kind of a cop out for you to be like, oh, we want aliens, but we have to find a way to explain them in the Bible. But it's also kind of cool that they're finally being open and honest about, you know, the potential for life outside of Earth. And this is my thought, and it's kind of a, a Dragon Ball Z-esque thought, but let's go on a limb here, folks. And just let's just say that there is a God for those who do or don't believe there is a God and he created Earth and everything on it and Jesus and blah, blah, blah. Who's to say he didn't take a quick sidestep and then, you know, spit in a petri dish and make another earth, you know, Kepler 42, uh, 452b. And then he did that planet. And then he stepped over here a couple light years away and made this planet and so on and so forth and so on and so forth. If God made Jesus on earth,
0: could God have made a Jesus on Kepler 452b? And that's what Galileo said. And that's when the church had to Burn him to the stake. Oh, really? <laughs> really? Yes. Because was like... Each one of those, each one of those stars is a sun, and each one of those suns has planets orbiting around it, and each one of those planets has life. Which means that on this planet there's another Galileo. There's another, and the church is like, so wait, what you're saying is that uh, Uh if I look up into the nighttime sky, that means that there's a million Jesuses out there. And Galileo's like, meh, probably. And they're like, blasphemous, burn him at the stake. So that's what they did, set the motherfucker
1: on fire. Wow. Well, yeah. I, you know, I always knew he got killed, but I didn't know why
0: he got killed. So yeah. that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, back in so, the day, you could only have one Jesus, all right? And he was not <laughs> Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> Let alone alien, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it.
1: So enter um, um, – sorry. So another guy in the Vatican here says he believes in aliens as well. Monsignor Corrado Balducci is a theologian member of the Vatican Curia, which is their governing body. And he's come forward and said that the idea of extraterrestrials and the idea of potential contact is a real phenomenon. And Balducci provides an analysis of the extraterrestrials. And he says that he feels that the idea and existence of aliens is consistent with the Catholic Church's understanding of theology. Because Monsignor Balducci also is a demonologist, which is very, 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 very important to the church, especially the Catholic church. And since Monsignor Balducci is a demonologist and he consults to the Vatican, and since the Catholic church has a history of uh, demonizing other phenomenon, they have come forth with a consensus That they personally believe extraterrestrial life would not be damning to the existence of God and therefore would not be demonic, thus allowing the church to fully believe in the idea that aliens could be real. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Which to some people, it's like, yeah, whatever, that's fucking stupid. But to me and a lot of other people, that's a really big deal, man. Yeah. Really big
2: deal. Because most people, when they say – like I've heard people – you know, that are in their faith and creationism and stuff like that. Like they don't believe in aliens because they're like, Nope, this is all that is. And I'm like, I don't know. I just, to me, it's like if, if humans are the only advanced life forms out there, that's pretty, uh, (laughs) that's pretty sad. (laughs) Like,
1: you know, I don't know. It's
2: I, I, I've, I fully, you know, I don't dog anybody's faith. You know, I, my faith has been destroyed within the past couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. but I've always believed in aliens and light other life out there, you know? Right. Right. And I, I don't know. I just, I think that, that if they know, if they know something, um, I think that if, if aliens were to come and there was like a big, huge massive ship that over that showed up and everything, like, I think that the Pope would be the first like big, figure to say something about it and not yeah. try to like not try to demonize it or act violent, sure. you know, shit like that. Whereas the rest of the world would probably lose their fucking minds.
1: Burdam. Yeah. Well, I mean, not to bring it back to Dave Matthews, okay, but listen. <laughs> there's a song from the Dave Matthews band
0: and let's look it up and see what it's called real quick here. You know, Steve, with all your rapping earlier, I finally came up with your new MC name. What's that? Post Jerome. Post (laughs) Jerome.
3: Oh, God.
1: (laughs) Oh, no way. No way. That's awesome. Fuck, how did I forget the name of that song? Okay. Okay. They've got a song on the <laughs> album called Big Whiskey and the Grugrux King, and it's called Time Bomb, song number, uh, some number, song number 11 on the album. And a lyric on there is, if Martians fell from the sky, what would that do to God? And I think that's the biggest fear a lot of people have is we we are in a snow globe of our faith or our beliefs or our mm-hmm. earth, which consists of, you know, getting up, going to work, paying bills. I'm hanging out with friends, having a family, having a wife, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, whatever, believing a thing, and then all of a sudden one day, like a UFO appears, that changes your whole idea on what life and existence life, really yeah, is. Yeah, that's, everything that's you've been taught. Like
2: for me, like that—that's my biggest thing. Is like if people that have faith and are so into their faith, you know, that's great. But like that definite proof, that divine intervention would be like, boom, like, you know, some people are like, well, you can't see aliens, so how do you know they're real? And I'm like, "Right, I choose to believe, I want to believe. Right. And they're like, well, that's the same way I feel about, you know, God and Jesus. And I'm like, that's cool. Like, you know, like <laughs> I'm not judging you for it. Right. But that's the thing, man. It's like your whole, your whole belief of just life in general and just the right. aura of who you are, it would just be completely shifted and blown. like, like, you'd have to rethink everything. It would be overwhelming.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, all the kooks on the street corners, holding the cardboard signs would just finally be like, I told you so I told you so, you know, and everybody else would be like, Oh God, what do I do? And then, yeah, you know, a handful of vast majority of people might embrace it, but then you've got shit like independence day where <laughs> you've got guys holding signs and they get vaporized. So I don't know. Pretty interesting stuff, but yeah, check that song out sometime guys. Time bomb. <laughs> I time think we talked about that before. Uh, time, time bomb! <laughs> um, <laughs> so, okay, aliens, real quick. My favorite rumor, Preston, and I don't know if you've heard this one or not. Maybe you too, Steve. You're here. Um, <laughs> supposedly, there are actually aliens in the Vatican, like actual alien bodies. Some people would go as far as saying actual entities in the Vatican being stowed away like some kind of religious Area 51. Which link is Mm -hmm. this? Mm You're going to want to go to the second one titled Another Link I think. Yeah. So back in uh, 1998, 1999, there was a big construction um, Oh, that was weird. I just saw Did anybody else see that? I don't have a camera on. Damn it. I just saw like a shadow go by on my computer screen behind me like my ceiling fan's so I know, like my ceiling fan's turned on, but the ceiling fan's not turned on. Ooh. Ooh. um, Back in 1998, 1999, there was a construction project where a group was brought in to do some restorations on the old Vatican library because, as some of the construction workers said, parts of the library they got to – were so old, they estimated that nobody had been down there for hundreds of years, possibly 500 years is what they said. What a number. I don't know where they pulled it from. But, you know, parts of the area still had dirt floors from back when it may have very first been dug out or crafted. And as they're down there, kind of, you know, like knocking down some walls and clearing out some, you know, debris, supposedly they find a collection of skulls and bones. And these skulls were elongated with smaller faces, big old slanted almond-shaped eye holes, little nose holes, and little mouths. And apparently as soon as that was discovered and brought to you know the foreman's attention, he brought it to the church's attention. And the Vatican has an actual army. I forget what they're called. But they have their own army. And the army rushed in and says you didn't see nothing. You didn't find nothing, don't say nothing. And they were all escorted out and a different team had to be brought in to do the project or finish the restoration. That's so crazy. I, yeah. And the other rumor is that they were just rushed out and then nobody came back to do, um, you know, the project. So I never heard officially one way or the other, but I know that the original, team, uh, pardon me, the original team was supposedly rushed out of there and evacuated and kind of told like men in black style, you didn't see shit. Do
2: there any scary Vatican Vatican movies? Are there any scary Vatican movies?
0: Yeah. I don't know, man. Are you looking that up? Yeah. Uh, let's see. There's the right. Here we go. <laughs> <I fucking Anthony>. <laughs> 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 shit. Come on, right <laughs> now. Actually, uh, here we go.
1: <laughs> was the right any good? I never saw it. That's Anthony Hopkins, correct?
0: Eh, I mean, <laughs> I it's all right.
1: right. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember the the Vatican tapes. Yeah.
2: Yeah, because yeah, that know, had the Michael cool. Pena as the priest. Yeah. Okay. Oh, shit.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And then um, I guess. As, the Godfather God so Part below. 3.
0: What now? The Godfather Part 3 talked about that gangster Vatican shit going on with oh. that underground bank. Is that a scary movie? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: says,
2: here's another one, um, Devil, or <laughs> Devil, Deliver Us From Within. Mm-hmm. Never Apparently, they have to team up with a priest to do a uh, an exorcism because of baffling crimes. The Devil Inside. I'm sure you guys seen that. It's kind of like a documentary about, about exorcism. She travels oh, yeah, to Rome. Yeah, yeah. Her mother's yeah. still living in a Catholic psychiatric hospital. Begins by visiting a Vatican school to learn more about exorcism. Oh, yeah.
1: The, the, the movie ends with a big car chase.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And See, then, that was kind of creepy. Yeah. And then Stigmata, of course. Stigma is a good one. Um, pretty, As
1: above, so below was pretty good. I don't know if yeah. there was so much Vatican, but it was definitely about the uh the crypts below. Yeah, I just let my mom
2: borrow that movie actually. That movie's really yeah, good. Really that movie does cool. not get enough credit. Yeah. For a found, found footage. footage. It's yeah. It's really, really good. And the the effects they use to make it look real within the found footage. Yeah. Style, like it was like that car. Oh my god. Like that dude, that movie's really good. I think that movie why I like the movie so much also is because just how crazy them catacombs are and there's so much of them down there that people still haven't explored. And there's just people that are obsessed with it and they'll go down there and just get lost and die. Like
1: it's crazy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. would be like,
2: man, let's go there and like let's like no. Like I'll take this tour where you go in a fucking hallway, you go right, left, and you're back out. Done. It's all I need. Yeah, <laughs> come back here where the you know no. See that fucking sign says "Do not cross." There's fucking skulls there. I'm good. <laughs> yeah,
1: That's nature's warning yeah. sign when you yeah. see a no, skeleton on the ground. Come on now.
2: <laughs> no, I am not going to them fucking catacombs with you, Preston. <laughs> Fuck that noise, huh? And I'll step in the pentagram, but I ain't fucking going <laughs> to the catacombs.
0: Okay, look, I'll, I'll I'll turn the fine friends on my iPhone and God. like God. <laughs> fine that's fucking funny. You guys can find me that way. Fine, friends. Ding. <laughs> Let me share my
2: location for the next 24 hours on Messenger. You'll be able to find me now, no problem. Uh, you dork. God. Man. Yeah, because they totally got the fucking catacombs on Google Maps all mapped yeah. out for your, for your hiking trail.
1: <laughs> find my iPhone. Uh, find ridiculous. my Vatican. Find my Vatican. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, is that it, man? And Did we hit the high notes on the rumors of the Vatican? Oh, yeah, man. I think we hit a good, you know? Hell, yeah, man. Hell, yeah. We gave it a sake bomb. (laughs) Sake bombs with Jesus. Mm. Oh, good stuff. Well, yeah, if anybody wants to um, look up that book, Aliens, Angels, and Outer Space, it was pretty interesting. Um, It's a a fairly light read, but the second half does get a wee bit preachy and kind of lost its flavor for me. Um, It's by Jeffrey W. Mardis. But yeah, it's very interesting, if nothing else, it at least gives you some pointers where, you know, people can quote and say that aliens came from the devil. And that itself to me is cool because I always like to see, you know, we believe in grays and aliens because of, you know, most Western culture the way it is. But, you know, how did people back in the back in the day view aliens? And aliens and UFOs were listed in the Bible. So if the Bible is your book, you might look that up sometime. Um, A lot of people and a lot of churches pass right over those uh, parts, those scriptures, and uh, pretty pretty important stuff in there. Basically, um, part of what they're saying is aliens are part of the Nephilim, mm-hmm, and yeah. UFOs are essentially controlled by the devil. And because you have all these different species of aliens, so your lizard people and your greys and your uh, reptilians, that's because the fallen angels came down and had sex with uh, humans and that's why you have giants, but they also had sex with a bunch of animals. And that's why you have all these half breeded aliens flying around in disks. So, kind of interesting concept.
3: Hmm.
1: Yep. Any other uh, horror movies on there, Steve O?
2: No, it was on the oh, right. Google search
1: I made. Important ones. So, well, I think uh, at that point, you guys watching anything good? We might as well just keep on talking about shows and shit.
2: Well, I've oh, only man, seen. Oh, uh... yeah.
1: Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I've only seen the first episode of that dark tourist tourism show that just hit Netflix and that's actually pretty fucking cool. Yeah. The first episode they go over uh Mexico City, Day of the Dead type stuff, and then like um a really cool like shrine that some lady put out and then everybody just ran with it in this like little community. It's pretty crazy. But they use it like a way to like cast their sins away for the whole year and they gotta do this like knee walk where they like walk on their knees
1: for like a whole mile or two. It's crazy. Yeah. And and I still, think, have you watched it, Dark Tourist?
0: No, I haven't yet, but I'll put that on the list. Yeah. That. That'd be, it. That'd be a good one for you guys to
1: watch together just at night. It's kind of cool.
2: Yeah. I don't remember how many how many uh, episodes there are in it, but basically the it dude was, just goes all around the world uh, doing just what's called dark tourism. So you you go, you tour things like sanitariums, um, witchcraft places, just like there's one where – like. I I was when I saw it, I was like, Oh, she's gonna do a bunch of paranormal stuff, but no, he did like stuff like go to um Colombia and learn about um Pablo Escobar, yeah, and like and and like go to like his place and like see how he lived and like because it's dark. I mean, that dude's responsible for thousands and thousands of deaths, yeah, but like something like that, and like that, there's a real big tourism thing around that, and so when I saw that, I was like, Wow, this show's gotta be special because it's gonna be more than just the. Come see where this killer lived. Come see yeah, where this not ghost diners, is roaming. Dive, drive-ins and dives.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: What, Which, cool you know, I, is, it. I, it kind of is like that, though, because he's, like, going from place to place and giving yeah. you kind of an insight of things you wouldn't think to do. Like, I, yeah. I don't know. You I know what? There. You're right. I think Touché, it's, Steve. Yeah. I think it's <laughs> fucking rad, man. I, I When I saw that, I was like, wow, this is – I was like, how cool would it be to be like, all right, guys, like, he might have had some other show he did before. Yeah. And he's, like, shopping around this show. I want to do dark tourism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from New Zealand. And he's like, just like, um, you know, shopping around the show, and then Netflix picks it up, and then Netflix fronts the bill for him to go do all this crazy shit. Like,
1: that sounds awesome.
2: I mean, it's It's more like Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it reminds me a
1: lot of um, Idiot Abroad. Mm-hmm. Except for the scenes with Carl Pilkington aren't set up. Like they're not purposely putting him in like shit scenarios and si- uh, situations for mm-hmm. him to react to. Which if you guys did like Idiot Abroad, check out The Moaning of Life. Yeah. Which is basically Idiot Abroad, but it's just Carl Pilkington. I want to read his book. Him. Yeah, I would love to, man. Cause I, um, you know, I, I want to
2: read it in my head as like him, how he talks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: shit, that'd be exhausting. But yeah, moaning of life, same thing. He's going around different countries, seeing how people live. <laughs> but it's his honest reactions without influence from Ricky Gervais.
2: Yeah, it's so you know, like he goes to Egypt. Like we all think of Egypt, we're like, Oh man, I want to go to Egypt to yeah. see the pyramids and the tombs, it'd be so pretty. He can say he's like, just got to Egypt. There's trash everywhere, trash floating around, it's pretty <laughs> shit in it. <laughs> he just, yeah, like, he's shit. just bitching about it. he's like he's like you see all these pictures in magazines about how Egypt's so beautiful and this the 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 pyramids and all the gold and he's like, You get here and this is it. Sewage, trash <laughs> like and then he gets and then he goes into it and he starts like he starts doing things that he wants to do, he finds interesting, so it's not just Ricky yeah. telling him to go to places. So he does that and then because of that he'll start um he'll kind of like you know find what's important to him and then he'll do like a life lesson by the end of the episode of like his his take on life is so hilarious you know like because he doesn't he does not he's not a materialistic dude like he hates fame he hates money and just like the shit he just (laughs) shit he does man it's so funny but both of them shows are on netflix i highly recommend it they're they are incredible
1: yeah idiot abroad was a lot of fun we watched a lot of that um, but I mean, it's it's also nice that Steve Merchant and Ricky aren't like influencing him and putting him in weird situations, you know. But um back to Dark Tourist, what's awesome about that is the things that he does and the places he goes, they're actual legitimate shit you could do on a vacation. Like, it's not like stuff where you're like, well, I could never afford to do that. Some of it could be costly, but it's all really obtainable through like regular vacation spots. It's just a lot of things that aren't on the typical tourist trap sites. It's a lot of like road, less traveled kind of shit. And, uh, he'll do an episode, I think episode three or four, it's eight episodes long. And he does one in the U S and I think he does kind of like the, uh, serial killer tour. And he kind of goes around to like some of the places where like Dahmer killed people and everything. And, mm-hmm. um, he meets up with, you know, serial killer fan girls and groupies and shit like that. And kind of talks about the, uh, that subculture. So would oh, you hear that? That was my back. But yeah, pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. Presto, what are you guys watching, man?
0: We just uh, finished up the Sinners, and uh, that I didn't think I was going to like. And uh, it took me for a wild ride and some twists and turns. And it's awesome. So, man. oh, yeah. Uh, that's a good little murder next. mystery. So check it out. Yeah. Five out of five Boykins. I'd give him five out of five boinkins. Speaking of boinkins, if you're listening to the show, motherfucker, I left you a really good cryptogram on your Facebook, and you need to solve that and respond, just like the old times. Fucking nerds.
3: (laughs) 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 Fucking
1: nerds. Well, um, on Corey's recommendation, we start Corey. We started watching Nailed It on Netflix and my biggest complaint about like cooking shows on like uh, food channel and stuff like that, food network, the fucking commercials for an hour long episode of a show, you get actually half an hour of good actual content. 15 minutes of that is commercials. The other 15 is them recapping what happened before the commercial. Mm-hmm. Nailed It is a phenomenal show to watch. It's funny as shit. And it is a cooking show, but it's <laughs> – it's all about like really awesome food, but people who can't cook it. So it's kind of like your your Pinterest failed attempts at like making really? cakes. Yo, is it's, it's really? Is this on Netflix? Great, dude. Yeah, it's on Netflix. And it's hosted by Nicole Byer and she's fucking hilarious anyway. Uh-huh. And she hosts this show, and it's just fantastic, dude. I I could watch her probably talk about and <laughs> yeah, do a just, lot of things.
2: Home bakers with a terrible track record take a crack at recreating edible masterpieces for a ten thousand dollar prize. It's part reality contest, part hot mess.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds great. It's great, dude. Corey and Amanda watched it and just gave it high praises. And apparently, like season one's a lot of fun. Corey yeah. says season two's a fucking laugh a minute. That's so. crazy
2: because it's it's. Uh, Damn, Netflix is killing it with the yeah. They like who, who knew they who knew they could do like a fucking cooking show because they have that new one which is like uh where they just make like a bunch of edibles out of marijuana. Yeah, they're,
1: yeah. It's like a, a, is it a series or a docu or what is it? It's a
2: it's a little mini series, so That's they're cool. gonna probably have another season, but it's it's really good because they get on there and then like you know they'll do the. People get on there and show their different ways they make the edibles, and then they all eat it and they talk about it and stuff. And it's it's just oh, it's, cool. it's 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 unique, you know. Like it's something that wouldn't be oh, yeah. on anything other than a
1: even if you don't like. even if you don't smoke or consume, it's still yeah. interesting to get an idea of that culture. Because here's a pop quiz, guys. It might be worth everybody's time to get to know the marijuana culture because slowly but surely it is making its way across the U.S. Yeah, you know, and one one thing I noticed in
2: Colorado. Now, I don't know this for one hundred percent sure because I heard mixed uh-huh. things from people. But as we're driving in Colorado, there is certain areas just like Kansas where you have to use the turnpike. And in Colorado, basically, like they every single turnpike area, they were like closed down. They had signs "Do Not Enter," and then uh-huh. the tolls were blocked out. So when I stopped a couple places, I was like, hey, like how do we like my GPS is telling me I have to pay tolls. While I go to the I go on the road and there's no toll place to pay, and they're like, and pe- and people are like, yep, yeah, we don't we don't pay tolls no more, uh, because our because of our income, the state income they make off of uh, medical and recreational marijuana. Wow. And then I went to another person, they're like, oh no no, they they have cameras and they'll send you a bill in the mail, and I'm like, for every fucking person, you know how much time and effort that'd be for the computer, like that's crazy. Yeah.
1: But they got the money to pay them people, son.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, no shit. Like everywhere in Kansas you go on the turnpike, there's only one person in the booths anymore. Oh yeah. So And
1: it costs you fucking three twenty-five to go four miles. Yep. Get out of crazy. here with that noise. Okay. But with too. that,
2: Kansas r- highways are way better than any other state, dude. Oh, are they? As soon as you get into Colorado, I mean seriously, when you see the welcome to Colorado, <laughs> welcome to Oklahoma <laughs> every fucking time. It's ridiculous. So you'd say there's
1: a lot of pot holes <laughs> yeah right we joke no. um well that's cool yeah but i mean it wouldn't be a bad idea to get to know some of this stuff um i talked to a woman who had cancer on her nose and the doctor's like okay here's how we're going to cure this you got a little spot and imagine taking an onion and we're going to just cut off a paper thin slice And we're going to keep cutting thin little slices off Mm. until that little black dot goes away. Then we're going to hack off two or three more slices just to make sure we got the skin affected away. So we could cut off a millimeter of the tip of your nose or we could cut off a centimeter of the tip of your nose. It just depends. And this other doctor, she went and saw to get a second opinions like, look, like I know, you know, marijuana, THC, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I want you to go to this place and I want you to get some of this oil. and I just want you to try it. And it's going to be a cannabis oil. And she put it on there and I kid you not, fucking cured the cancerous tumor on her nose, the cancerous spot. Fucking cured it. And Crazy. I don't know why she told me this. She's somewhat of a stranger. Um, I see her from time to time and she just opened right up and told me all about it. Mm-hmm. But just to <laughs> – To know that it's going to cure her nose, and I know somebody close to me who had the same problem and had to have the surgery to cut off the slices to get rid of a cancerous spot on his nose. It is very – it's very unfortunate. It's very saddening and it's very – it it takes a toll on the individual depending how deep they have to go. But the fact that she had to – I mean she was hiding the secret and she wouldn't even tell me audibly. She had to whisper to me what she was doing. Yeah. I'm like you shouldn't have to hide that shit. If something's going to cure something, it should be obtainable, inexpensive and obtainable. But anyway, there's my rant. Yeah, get get to know your weed, people.
2: Yeah, another thing is the reason why it's good to, good to get to know is to, is to
1: not demonize it because oh, that's, yeah. that's
2: like that's the thing everybody battles. You know, well, shit.
1: I was de- I grew up with it demonized. I n- I never yeah. did it. I don't do it. But I grew up with it very demonized. Like, oh my god, they're smoking weed. Ooh, mm-hmm. the now i <laughs> now it's not bad it's I mean don't get me wrong I went to quick trip one night and these two idiots were in there with like like Hawaiian lays that were made out of fucking you know f- felt pot leaves and like 420 hats on and they were in a five minute long argument about whether or not adding cherry to Mountain Dew from a fountain made it into code red or if it was just Mountain Dew with cherry I it's wanted just Mountain <laughs> Dew with cherry bro I just wanted to grab their heads and clunk them together like two empty coconuts and they smelled like two stinky-ass, bunk-ass skunks, man. So, yeah. <laughs> Things have changed a lot, bro. Yeah. Yeah, it still smells the same, doesn't it? Um, yeah, wow, man. The cart just missed the track. We were so yeah. close to getting all What about away.
2: that McDonald's worker that body slammed a customer through a milkshake over her? Have you seen that That video? No,
1: but you could go
2: on about that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. So, I don't know where uh, – it's ah, let me find this little thing.
1: Body slammed a customer through. Emotion. Yeah, uh, let's that's see. intense, man. Sorry, you're going to, have to edit. I know it was books. a story about the lady that was at like the Canadian um, fast food chain, and she wanted to take a dump because she had to drop one, and they wouldn't let her because she wasn't a paying customer. So she shit on the floor, and yeah. after she shit on the floor, she threw it at the uh, the worker. All
2: right, so what happens is, oh, damn, I have not seen the extended cut. It's good. <laughs> good per right. view. So so what happens is they're they're at um a McDonald's. Apparently the chick gets mad. She, ha- she already has her McCafe like shake and somebody else she was mad because somebody else didn't get their their discounted pop. So they argue mm-hmm. back and forth. Then the customer throws um this shake at the at one of the ladies and she's wearing like a different mm-hmm. shirt so I'm assuming she's probably a manager of some sort. Mm-hmm. She comes over there and she she tries to push her arm out to get her to leave. Then the chick starts hitting her. She's like fuck that. She starts hitting her back. Uh, the the customer's breasticle falls out of her tube top, and they just like, keep going at it. Then another manager comes over there and tries to break it up. They break it up. They're still yelling back and forth to each other. <laughs> then wow. then, the, then she hits the other man like the bigger manager, and she's wow. like nah. Whips the shit out of her, takes her, pu- pulls her up by her, pulls her up by her stomach, and just fucking boom, just like body slams her. It's what hilarious, the fuck,
1: man. Intense. You
2: know, and everybody's like going going crazy about it. And then the, the two managers just continue to beat the shit out of her. It's nuts. Oh man, but I don't know, man. That 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 job is hard, and when you have you have people that are just so downright just nasty. Like, how do you take oh, yeah. that nasty? Because they take can be.
0: It.
1: Last thing I think we should talk about about watching. Preston hasn't done it yet, but we were all advised by uh, listeners and and some friends to check out Demon House, mm-hmm, Zach Began's mm-hmm. uh, documentary about the Demon House. And Pre- uh, Steve, you watched it. Preston, you haven't watched it yet. No, I haven't watched it
0: yet, but it's on my it's on my to dos.
1: Okay, perfect. Um, so after you watch it, maybe next episode number sixty five, we can chat about that a little bit. Um, Yeah, that's that's very interesting movie. Yeah, and and going (laughs) to talk
0: about Demon House in Spoiler Town.
1: There you go. Um, A big, big heartfelt thank you from me to um, listener and buddy Danny. Man, you you hooked it up, and you're the reason why I watched it. And then I found out that it may or may not be free on something that you can stream videos on that rhymes with uh, shoe boob boob tube. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so. But yeah, yeah, thanks a lot Danny. That that's really awesome, man, and I really enjoyed watching it. It was very uh, very interesting and really uh, really messed with me after watching that. It could all be fake. It could all just be a big hullabaloo. but damn, it's got a lot of uh, weight behind it and very very interesting. So, yeah, we'll chat a little bit about that on our next episode and then we'll spoil the shit out of it after the outro of our next episode. So,
2: also this new video that just it just came on the came on the thing uh, on entertainment tonight. They're interviewing Jamie Lee Curtis about, you know, the Halloween, and the whole shit that's getting ready to go down in October. Yeah. And uh, Kevin Frazier is the host on entertainment tonight. And he asks her, he's like, well, what about the hockey mask? Do people still like wear that and dress up? And she's like, hmm wrong movie, dude. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. And she just throws shade at him. Yeah. It's pretty funny. What a douche. Dude,
1: here's a happy note. Make everybody smile to end the show on. Have you guys seen the San Diego comic con video of Jamie Lee Curtis and the guy from the crowd who uh, tells his harrowing story of survival? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Presto. Did you see
1: that shit? I have not. Oh dude. So first of all, uh, my friend Seth, and um, Q, they are. They both went to San Diego Comic Con, and they were there in the in the actual panel, watching the Halloween panel. And you know, they do the panel, the Q and A, and then they open it up to the audience, and the audience can ask questions and shit like that. And apparently, apparently, the first question or or audience participation, dude gets up and talks about how he was at home, and you don't get the first part of the story in the video that's going around, but basically, his home was invaded. And apparently the guy had a knife and the man who was home was he's like, I basically just thought to myself in that moment, like, what would uh, what would Lori do? Lori's the main girl in Halloween. It's like, what would she do if this is happening to her? And that instinct of what she does to survive that first attack in Halloween when she runs outside screaming for help and shit like that. He just fucking summoned his inner, his inner Jamie Lee Curtis, fucking booked it out of the house, yelled, screamed, hollered, went to the neighbor's house. And um he survived. So he got up there and he tells that story and is fucking bust into because 'cause I'm sure like it's fucking life changing, life threatening yeah. shit. And he fucking just like starts bawling and like a fucking badass, Jamie Lee Curtis gets off the stage, walks past security and fucking just embraces him in his hug and just, you know, tells him how strong and how badass he is and you know, you know, it wasn't her, it was him. He's the one that, you know, did it and he's like, No, no, it's all you and it's fucking great, man. Like makes you want to smile. It makes you tear up yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's pretty you cool, man. Still have a soul. Yeah, pretty fantastic stuff. So check that out. Maybe we can find a link to that and post it. We need to start posting some stuff from this ep- these episodes, man. We talked about doing that on uh, Instagram and whatnot. So we should start posting some links, maybe. Well, you guys got anything else to add? I do not. Nope. Cool, cool. Uh-huh. All right, man. That sounds good. Well, Steve, what do you want to plug, man? Let's get out of here.
2: Uh, yeah, you can check me out on. Uh, Xbox, I guess. B i g s t three p h three n, and I don't know. I really, I mean, I do Facebook and get me on there. There you go. And uh, yeah, check out our Facebook page, Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. Instagram, p x l paranormal. Same with the Twitter handle.
1: Boom shakalaka. Cool, uh, Preston. What do you got, man? What do you What do you want people to listen to? Anything? <laughs>
0: You don't need to listen to anything other than a uh, you know sports car unleashed, leashed, unleashed, and uh, yeah, and uh, big Steve's podcast. But if you guys ever need a house investigation done or some paranormal thing, you know, looked at, don't be afraid to contact me at the Lost Cane Paranormal. You can look me up on Facebook through that, and I promise I won't bring my snooty record player brother with me. Or I'll just tape his mouth shut. So (laughs) he'll take you home with him. Hide your kids, hide your cats.
3: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
1: that's that makes it sound like he's a pedo. You don't gotta hide your kids, just hide your cats. (laughs) Yeah, hide your cats and hide your records. (laughs) Jason is completely safe around children. Um and then if you guys have some listener stories, hit us up, man. You know, we had that ongoing saga about the young lady who went to see the Dybbuk box at Zach Bagan's, uh a museum in Vegas. And maybe we'll get some more if that's still ongoing, but um, yeah, hit us up. You got the email at the end of the show, please send us some emails. You can message us. You know, I've been getting a couple here and there on my personal message messenger on Facebook. Um, so yeah, hit us up guys. Let us know. Uh, you can stay anonymous. It's pretty awesome um, to share that with us. Cause we really love sharing those stories with you guys. So definitely. Awesome! All right, guys. Thank you so much, and catch us next time around. Oh yeah! <laughs> now, what I was going to do instead of a spoiler town is, um, if anybody's listening still, what do you guys think about doing an episode here in uh, about a month or two and doing like an AMA, like an Ask Me Anything kind of episode? That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I'd like to live stream it if we could. I don't know how we would do that as of right now. But, um, if I'm you're gonna still do it listening all in the same room, yeah, we could do that. We could do a live yep. stream of that. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, if you guys are still listening and we will advertise this again, but this gives you the chance to get in on it before anybody else, um, shoot us a message on our actual Facebook page, email us at pixelated paranormal at gmail.com. Um, Email us. Shoot us each individual private messages to our private Facebook pages if you know us. Ask us anything you want to ask us. Ask us paranormal questions. Ask us uh, theoretical questions. Ask us stuff you just want to know about us. But ask us some questions and we will answer those on another episode. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, So, yes, please jump in. Join in. Feel free to get a hold of us because that would be a blast to do. Um, You can tweet us. You can hit us up on our Instagram page that we're getting up and running. It is up and running. Uh, We've got, Mm -hmm. you know, about 25 or so followers on there. So ask us anything you want. You can be anonymous and message us privately. You can ask us anything on Facebook. We'll do several um, adverts between now and then. Um, But when we do the recording, I think that'd be a lot of fun.
2: There would be a lot of fun. Just if you do it late at night, there might not be that many people listening.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, and – we could do it earlier if we have to, so... Yeah. Pick a night to get together um, earlier in an evening, perchance, and do a live feed of that, so... Perchance? chance. Por so, okay, cool. Well, let's get out of here, boys.
0: The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. You have two ways. One, email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, we have that set up too. Dial us at 707-523-4263. Again, that's 707-523-4263 we'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the
3: strange.